0: Any opinions expressed are my own and do not reflect the opinions of anyone outside of Independent Left Media, LLC.
1: Independent Left. dot news. Independent Left News. Indie Left News. It's independent
0: Left News.
1: Oh yeah, and I get news from Independent Left.
0: Thank you, Independent Left. On News, they actually put up posts of different shows, different things going on. Check out Indie Left. They're doing a lot of good things. They're on Twitter and Instagram, and they've helped promote our show a lot. Thanks for the work you do behind the scenes too. This man does our Discord and some other help. So I just love to shout him out. Thanks so much, man. Yeah. They kind of. Really do a great job of uh, pushing.
1: Thank you, Independent Left, for reminding me of that. Check out Indie
0: independentleft.news. IndieLeft.news. Left News. Indie Left, shout out. Let's see, did that work? I think everybody can hear us. Happy anniversary, hi everybody. Hopefully, you guys can hear me. It's Andy, and mics are hot. Jordan Charlton, yes, mm-hmm. there it is. Jordan Charlton, I love it. Isn't that great, cram Ah oh no. did you guys sorry no. that means that's good that means you actually heard it for some reason we couldn't i think that's when the whole audio thing got screwed up last week but anyway hey everybody okay you're real close to your mic and now i definitely hear that okay welcome to how did we miss that to our 48th and uh first anniversary episode of how did we miss that this is in the uh, we are a show airing on Rockfin, YouTube, Twitch, Rumble, Facebook, and all well, sort of Facebook, Twitter, Odyssey, Telegram, Sunday nights, 10 o'clock Eastern. That's now 7 p.m. Pacific, reviewing a few big, well, somewhat big, but pretty big stories, but that we hadn't seen cover much in our independent media channels this week. Uh, again, I'm the co-host. I'm Indy. I'm founder, editor of Independent Left News, Today. And Reef Breeland, this guy who is sitting in front of the on-air sign over there. How you doing, Reef? Uh, he is also the, the founder of the Jimmy Dore Discord, creator of that, and the host of Reefer After Dark. That's the unofficial Jimmy Dore Discord. Um, host of Reefer After Dark, INN News. That guy over there. Okay, we're also both founding members of Indie News Network, which is a collaborative family of 23 independent content creators, and all the stories that you're going to see this week, the four stories that we're going to cover, were featured in Independent Left News this week. You could have found them in there. Uh, please make sure to share, subscribe, like all the streams. This is great. We've got more than 20 people live. We're live on the Rockfins. We're live on Odyssey. Okay. I love YouTube. YouTube's great, but we also want to ditch YouTube. We want to move over to Rockfin, Odyssey, Rumble, all these other platforms. We're live on Facebook. Uh, just INN Facebook. For some reason, the stream didn't go to my page. I don't know why. Um, weird. But anyway, uh, thank you so much to all these volunteers. And again, we would not be able to do this without you guys. Big Mad Crab, our creative director. Okay, Mr. Thumbnail himself. Phantom Asfanto, the clip, the clip machine. Okay, Fred Edward and the resident skeptic, Chris Gilman, over there on Twitter, Instagram, knocking it out for us. Uh, everybody who really helps and shares, part of INN, Team Tora, everyone. Thank you so much, really, seriously. Um, so, yeah it's been 48 episodes. I went and I really geeked out and I talked about, I I tried to figure out what were like the stories that we covered the most and what, who were the outlets that we amplified the most. And I don't think it's really much of a surprise that we mostly talk about labor stories. uh, We mostly talk about criminal justice. We mostly talk about corruption, corporate corruption. And, and we talk about government corruption and, uh, and, you know, when you kind of add up all the segments and all the different articles and you, you add that up over time, you kind of, Figure that out, and it's pretty cool to see. um So what's going on, dude? How you doing? You're quiet. Oh shh, no, you're muted. That's what
1: because are- of the the mute. I, I've been saying some things. Um, that
0: that's why we couldn't hear uh, you. Uh oh. Um, you, you got choppy well, internet, or I do?
1: Me? I think one of us does. Uh oh. How about
0: now? No, that's better. Okay. So, uh. How about now? What's up, dude? Are you there? What's up, bro? Okay. All right. We're good. All right. We're good to go. Now we have sound. Okay. Also want to thank again. We got the people in there. Ross Iron Coil liking every Substack post. He's also liking everything on the Instagram, sharing there as well. He's got a Substack. Go check that out. Uh I'll share that um later on in the description or uh, and um we can get that out there for sure. I wanna to get to some stories though. Uh so but before we do that, Reef, what's going on, dude? Because you didn't get a chance to talk. <laughs>
1: Well, not much man. you know, been doing Ina news and all that fun stuff and you know, uh got Tar Stream coming up Monday. We got and Thursday.
0: We got three streams for Tar this yeah. week, but I don't think she's announced who her guest is yet for Monday. So we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um but I have so I have the thumbnail I want to show everybody. I know everyone has seen it already. Okay, we got four stories tonight. We're gonna to start with the Ukraine one. We're gonna learn all about what's happening over in Ukraine because there is a ton of nonsense. That's that's of course we gotta cut cut through the narratives and and the NATO and the CIA and the State Department not, you know bogusness. What is all that smoke, Karen? Well, actually, as a matter of fact, Reef has a uh, fog machine, a fog machine, a smoky machine, kinda. But uh, he's also got a got a a a vape machine on a. On, a, on an arm in front of him that he's actually hitting right now, and you'll, you'll see that. Uh, I would I, never. If I how, zoom how in How dare on.
1: you accuse me of such things?
0: Yeah, I, I need a single <sighs> shot on Reef one of these days. We need to do that. Um, yeah, I know if we go to boats and we do that, but we're not going to do that right now. Anyway, uh, Taurus thumbnails are being cooked. That's what I want to hear. Taurus thumbnails need to be cooked because we need to get her streams set up. Thank you. Uh, okay, let's go. We got, number one, story one, boom. Here we go. Ukraine, what's going on? Wrong assumptions, wrong conclusions, and a lot of dead soldiers. Gross. Ew. Oh, again, we are anti-war. We're definitely anti-war here. We don't want to see anybody mm-hmm. dying. And we think that a lot of this stuff is unnecessary because of all the things that they're going to talk about here. So, as the war in Ukraine passes the half-year mark, lots of media produced their conclusions about the beginning of the war. But when looked into detail, uh, these are most superficial superficial write-ups of what people assume Russia's plans are at the start of the war uh, and how those assumed plans fit with the presumed reality. And here's an example. The Washington Post has a long exclusive piece headline, The Battle for Kiev, right? Ukrainian valor, Russian blunders combined to save the capital. And it first describes the immediate start of the war and then states a false assumption. All right. The question everyone faced at that moment, which is Ukrainian Interior Minister Montrotsky Mon said, how far can the enemy go without, with that enormous fist? All right. Uh, reef him. Getting feedback from you again. Uh, if the Russians could seize the seat of power in, in Ukraine or at least cause the government to flee in panic, the defense of the country would quickly unravel, right? Moscow could install a puppet government. That was the Kremlin's plan, right? That, that, that's what the Washington Post is saying then. I don't know why the mm-hmm. authors think they know what the Kremlin what what the Kremlin's plan was. I'm certain that the described one is not what Russia intended to strive for. A piece of Newsweek makes similar assertions. How Putin botched the Ukraine war and put Russia's military might at risk. Right, and here's right. what they say. This is this is at a Newsweek. Ukrainian defenders have indeed been ferociously determined while Russian troops had, have had to contend with bad battlefield leaders, inferior weapons, and an unworkable supply chain. They've also been hobbled by Putin himself. He misread the world situation okay, and personally ordered a disastrous invasion looking to overthrow the government in Kiev. All right. He directed a botched effort to take Donbass, which, okay, depleting the Russian armed forces in the process. Of course, we all know. And they continue to say that Putin, like every other dictator we've known in the modern era, thinks he knows better, more than his own military and more than any experts. One senior intel who works on Russia and requested anonymity to speak, frankly, tells Newsweek, of course, Newsweek. Okay. The February invasion was designed to overthrow Vladimir Zelensky and take over the entire country, and Russia deployed tens of thousands of troops in Belarus to Ukraine's north, threatening Kiev. Again, this is all coming out of Newsweek. This is not Moon of Alabama's analysis. They're going to debunk this in a moment. Okay. Given Russia's overwhelming numerical superiority, Putin expected the government in Kiev to fall in as little as 72 hours. There is no evidence that any of those assertions are true. At the beginning of the year, Russia faced a problem. In the larger picture, it had to prevent Ukraine's admission to NATO. Negotiations with the U.S. had failed to achieve that. In the immediate situation, Russia also had to prevent an immediate Ukrainian attack on the Donbas republics. Okay, there were several potential ways to achieve that. Each which came with a different timelines, uh, with a different timeline and price point yeah it's yeah. definitely coming from your mic um at the at the beginning of war I, it's not. Okay. Anyway. Putin made one remark like, to the Ukrainian military command to give up uh to make the necessary concessions and to remove the civil government should it not agree with that but during the first days of the war, it became immediately clear that the Ukrainian military command did not want or did not dare to do that. This military coup would have been the cheapest and fastest solution for both Russia and Ukraine. Okay, the second option was to press the Ukrainian government into agreeing Russia, condition, agreeing to Russia conditions to end the war, um, to to remove Ukrainian the Ukrainian army from the Donbass, to accept Crimea as part of Russia, and to repudiate any NATO association plans. The move of Russian forces to to around Kiev uh, was designed to achieve that. Okay, it nearly re- reached that aim during talks held at the end of March in Turkey. As soon as the Ukraine uh, seemed to agree to the Kremlin's conditions and to a potential summit, Russia ordered its troops to move back from the city. On, the, on March mm-hmm. 29th, France 24 summarized its daily report collection with this, right? The Ukraine proposed adopting neutral status. And a 15-year consultation period on the on the future of Russian-occupied Crimea, as long as a complete ceasefire with Russian forces is agreed, negotiators said at the conclusion of peace talks in Istanbul on Tuesday. Despite Russian vows to radically reduce military operations near Kiev, and Chernigiv, uh, okay, uh, Western officials urged caution. Of course, they did. Kremlin's hope for the for a fast end to the conflict was. Disappointed when, a few days later, Zelensky suddenly refuted all the concessions the negotiators in Istanbul had made. This followed a phone call between the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson and Zelensky on April 2nd and Johnson's visit to Kiev on April 9th. A report in the Ukrainian Bravda described what happened, machine translation, Okay, that after the arrival of British Prime Minister Boris Johnson in Kiev, a possible meeting between uh, Zelensky and Putin has become less likely. Two things happened after which a member of the Ukrainian delegation had to openly admit that the president, that the meeting of the presidents was out of time. Okay, the, mm. first is, the first is the exposure of atrocities, rapes, murders, massacres, robbery, indiscriminate bombing, hundreds and thousands of other war crimes committed by Russian troops in the temporarily occupied Ukrainian territories. The second obstacle to agreements with the Russians arrived in Kiev on April 9th, meaning Boris Johnson. So details. According to uh, Ukrainian parliament sources close to Zelensky, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson, who appeared in in the capital almost without warning, brought brought two simple messages. The first is that Putin's a war criminal. He needs to be squeezed and not negotiated with. And second, if Ukraine is ready to sign any agreements on guarantees with him, then they are not. This position in Johnson testified the Collective West, which back in February offered Zelensky to surrender and run away, now felt that Putin was actually not as all omnipotent as he was imagined, and that right now there was a chance to squeeze him. Three days after Johnson left the UK, Putin went public and said, talks with Ukraine have reached an impasse. The mm. West, right in in form of Joe Biden's messenger Joe Johnson, told Zelensky first in a phone call, then in person, that he would be on his own if he should sign a ceasefire agreement that made any concessions to Russia. Basically, putting Fried. right, but that totally put Zelensky right in the middle, right? Uh, yeah. Russia's initiative to achieve, to achieve fast concessions and its motive to keep troops around Kiev um, had failed because the West did not agree to it, right? That, again, this is. It wanted a long war to drag Russia down. Um, and that's probably true. All right. Zelensky accepted the Western pressure for a war down to the last Ukrainian and ended the negotiations by making new demands that Russia should could never accept. Right. Since then, Russia wow. removed its troops from the vicinity of the big cities, Kiev, Chernihiv, uh, Sumy, and Kharkiv. Uh, This to drag the Ukrainian troops away from the civilians in the cities into the countryside and to expose them to the massive artillery strikes that the Russians use along the front lines. Okay, they're trying to. You played played yourself. yourself, That's right. Okay. There the Ukrainian troops get demilitarized and denazified just as Putin had ordered. Right, anyone who says that Russia is too slow and does not make progress along the front line misunderstands the situation. Russia is deliberately dragging the Ukrainian forces toward the rural front line to destroy them where they to destroy them there without creating massive civil casualties. Well, that kind of makes sense, right? The Russian army has deliberately slowed down its advance to the special military operation in Ukraine in order to reduce civilian casualties. Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu. Uh, said in a meeting of defense chiefs from Shanghai Corporation Organization member states on Wednesday. So Shanghai Corporation, that's got to be something with China, right? Quote, We strictly comply with humanitarian law during the special operation. Attacks are carried out with high precision weapons on the Ukrainian armed forces, military infrastructure facilities, including command points, airfields, depots, fortified areas, and defense industry sites. At the same time, every effort is being done to prevent civilian casualties. It certainly slows down the right. advance, but we do it consciously, Shoigu pointed out, right? Well, mm-hmm. of course, they're going to say that, but the following document is really original. If it's really original, this approach seems to be quite successful because this is here. Someone leaked an official report of the Ukrainian Ministry of Defense about losses sustained. Again, there'll be a tweet here in a moment. <clears throat> Up to the 1st of July, according to the document, the losses of the Ukrainian military were over 76,000 dead, over 42,000 wounded, 7,200 captured, 2,800 missing, and another 1,600 non-combatant casualties, which, who knows? um, Wow. The total numbers look realistic to them. The number of dead is higher than their estimate but the number of wounded seems to be low in relation to the dead. Yeah. Total numbers look realistic like it like it says there may be several reasons for that the evacuation of wounded soldiers from positions under artillery fire is extremely difficult and Ukraine's mil- military medical service is not exactly up to date. There's no helicopter evacs and no track medical transport vehicles that could take the wounded out. Right. A lot of wounded will thereby miss the golden hour and simply die before they can be brought into effective medical medical care. We can assume that the Ukrainian staff only counts the heavily wounded, and the people who get patched up and sent back to the front line are likely not included here. July 1st was in the 17th week of the war, and the total number of likely dead on the the above list is 81,066. That that makes for an average kill rate of 4 seven, 4,767 per week or 681 Ukrainian soldiers per day. Again, cannon fodder. Why as the first weeks of the war, again, there's a lot of, there's some Nazis, but there's a lot of volunteer citizens that were forced into this. So, and again, we don't want to see anybody die for this, you know, kind of, they're caught in, in the middle of a proxy war. Um, as, as the first weeks of the war were not exceptionally bloody, the, the number of current dead per day is likely higher. Nine weeks have passed since the reference date of the above report. They've likely added another 42,000 dead to the list. These numbers are consistent with Russian military's daily clobber list, which reports several, of several hundreds Ukrainian casualties per day due to airstrikes and well-targeted artillery. A, uh, a recent New York Times piece about the costs of war also gives some numbers. So again, this is the commander of Ukraine's armed forces through the New York Times said Monday that about 9,000 Ukrainians had been killed at the front. This month, Pentagon officials assumed that 70,000 to 80,000 Russians had been killed or wounded. They put the number of deaths at 20,000. But, wow. Those numbers are simply not believable and here from the same is why? Analysts estimate, estimate that Russia is firing around 10,000 artillery shells a day, down from a peak of as much as 20,000 during the campaign to take Luhansk, and that Ukraine is firing several thousand artillery rounds a month. 10 to 20,000 rounds per day means some 450,000 rounds per month fired from the Russian side. The Ukrainian counterfire is down to several thousand artillery rounds per month. That is a ratio of 100 to 1. Now, I know we're also sending in weaponry, so does that count that? How the heck is that supposed to result in only 9,000 killed Ukrainians and 80,000 Russian casualties? It simply can't. Wow, I sound like William Shatner. hmm The deliberately slow advance Shoygu describes as achieving the war aim of demilitarizing the Ukraine while Russia's army takes a minimum of casualties. <laughs> yep. Most of the experienced younger officers, captains, and majors, and the senior sergeants that were the backbone of the Ukrainian army will by now likely be dead. Together with the high material losses and high troop casualties, the Ukrainian army has taken this will make it less and less capable of any organized maneuver or resistance. All that's left is Ukrainian cannon fodder, which... Russian artillery eats up with enormous ferocity. It's sad that it's come to this. Mm -hmm. Six months. (laughs) Automod held somebody's comment Mm -hmm. for review. Wow, look at that. Yeah, this is the, it's a hard story to get through. Um, Mm -hmm. But we got to, we got to take our medicine a little bit. These, we got four not so great stories. um, But, these are really, really big ones. Um and I know a lot of people talk about what's happening in Ukraine. Um, I don't really see too many people referencing one of Alabama, but I think they're one of the best sources there is. I read them pretty consistently. There's a few, of course, people who are in country, people like Eva Bartlett, uh, uh people like George, George. Well, um, I'm 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 blanking out on his last name. He interviewed with Tara. You you did that stream, right, Reef? Mm-hmm. Uh sure. I can't think of his last name, sorry. Uh of course, you know, people what? was it? What? What was it? George, George, what? George 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 George. Oh. George that, that Tara interviewed. I can't mm-hmm. think of his last name. Eliason Eliason. George Eliason. Yeah. That's who it was. Sad. Sorry. Thank you. Uh anyway, so um, Let's get to some chat. Holy moly, we got a bunch of people watching. 35 people watching. Oh, my God. It's an anniversary stream. I love it. Shelly was unsubscribed to, to, to my YouTube channel. Harder. What a surprise. I love it. Yes, and I'm peaking. <clears throat> yes, we are part of the Indie News Network. We got Eric here. Thank you, Anthony. So good to see you. Karen, Kelly, all the families here. I love it. Crab, Schlatsky. Holy moly, look at all this chat. Les Bones, Frankie, Kira. I love it. Signs. Hey, everybody. Awesome, awesome. So <clears throat> Reefs taking rips. Uh, what's happening at the nuclear plant? I don't know what's happening at the nuclear plant. Um, Ukraine is not giving up. That's what's happening is they're continuing, I believe, to shell it, and we're all worried about it what's going to happen there.
1: Hasn't exploded yet.
0: Yay. Hi, Shelly. Welcome I back think. to the chat. Sorry about that. I don't know what the heck happened. Screw, screw tube, you know. Uh, Care Bear's here. What's Mm -hmm. happening, Care Bear? Colin, how are you? Uh, I haven't talked to you in about four hours. It's, it's awesome. Um, RLA, Mm -hmm. RLA is over here. She's not even checking in on Twitch. She's here on the YouTubes. Everybody's here on YouTube. Wow, we got almost 40 people. Holy crap. This is like a real show. Check it out. All right, let's get to another story then. The YouTubes. All right, back to our kick-ass thumbnail, the Big Mad Crab in the chat. Shout out to Big Mad Crab. He made, he made this thumbnail. Here we go. We got, we got a couple of quick stories. All right. This one holy crap. Noli D, shout out to Noli, INN member and uh, go follow Noli D at ajandnoway at A-J-N-O-A. Okay. She would be all over this police accountability report. She works she she likes and supports Arizona Sheriff likely in contempt for internal investigation backlog. And I remember she told me about this like months ago and I I couldn't believe this wasn't a story. This was in our friends at Courthouse News Service. The backlog is so severe that the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office would need 2 years and 117 more investigators to catch up with internal inquiries. Dirty cops, dirty cops, dirty, dirty, dirty cops. Oh, I got my drinks. You know mm-hmm. I got my drinks and 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 Reef celebrates in a different way. You got oh, my champagne glass. I should have gotten
1: you got a bottle of Chandon.
0: Yes, you were gonna you, know. you, you do I know that you do have um some some Jaeger in the, yeah, in the got, freezer but I definitely have Jaeger well I think I just you know hurt my finger on to my draw an anyway, elephant in this house but holy so. crap so yeah <laughs> anyway a federal judge said Tuesday he's likely to find the Maricopa County Sheriff's office in contempt for understaffing positions responsible for investigating Possible internal misconduct among its officers. Go figure.
1: Of course, that's the thing that understaffs, right? Yeah. Right.
0: The inquiry into the office mm-hmm. stems from a 2007 class action against the, the agency, and then Sheriff Joe Arpaio, our our old friend, claiming officers in the agent Ugh. in the agency racially profiled Latinos and unlawfully detained them Would've during done. crime suppression sweeps. Well, we already know that that's true, mm. right? Nation! Yeah. Hey buddy. Okay. A federal judge said Tuesday he is likely to find the what did I just do? What just happened here? No.
1: You've had way too much coffee today.
0: Yeah, I know. Okay, he's likely to find the Maricopa County Sheriff's what did I do? Did I just go back? No, you know ah uh, now I see what happened. I clicked on the wrong screen. Through the years, Joe Arpaio refused to comply with orders from U.S. District Court Judge Mary Mary Snow to stop immigration patrols and to turn over traffic stop video evidence. Those failures led to a civil contempt ruling in 2016, months before Arpaio, a Republican, lost re-election as the county's top law enforcement officer to current Sheriff Paul Penzone, a Democrat. Arpaio was convicted of criminal contempt in 2017, but of course was pardoned by Donald Trump that same year. Thank you so much. In 2021, Snow appointed law enforcement expert Michael Janako to investigate and propose solutions to the agency's internal investigation backlog. Janako, in a report released in July, found it would take approximately 117 additional investigators two years to catch up on the caseload.
1: Just two years.
0: Think there's God, a little bit of abuse happening. Work. Think there's a little bit yeah. of abuse happening that you need that you need those kind of internal a little, investigations. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right. Currently, the county has seven investigator position opens, not not 117, but seven, with two additional civilian jobs proposed. I don't think they have a budget for 117 backlog cases. So, currently, like I said, it seems to me if we need 117 to clear up the backlog, we aren't even getting close to the numbers required to get things done, Snow said during Tuesday's hearing. That is a federal judge who does have a sense of humor. Snow alluded to willful contempt in hiring investigators, particularly for internal investigators. Well, sure. Who wants to actually investigate themselves because... Yeah. quote: I do have grave concerns about the staffing up of the PSB. Uh, I understand the sheriff's office was engaging in advocacy, but when they told me that they'd raised the personnel in their office to 50, and in fact, hadn't raised their investigators at all, that was somewhat, somewhat bothersome to me.
1: Just a wee bit. <laughs> somewhat. Just a wee bit.
0: I uh, yes. literally choked on that word there, somewhat. <laughs> Snow was also troubled by an Arizona statute allowing the extension of the 180-day internal investigation period by an additional 300 days if the investigation does not conclude in that period. It's dropped completely. So basically, they're running out the clock on these investigations. 480 days. That's all they need, and they have, and they have, sure, and they have enough for 117 investigators and two solid years worth of work. Quote, the current Sheriff's Department is making it impossible for any discipline to be imposed on police officers, surprise, surprise, or on deputies who may merit discipline because of the length of the delay. (laughs) Do you know why? Because there'd be no more cops left. Quote, I'm interested in speeding up the compliance in a way that will be consistent as, as consistent as possible. Okay. And to the extent that it's inconsistent with my order in compliance with state law, whatever the hell that means. Basically, right. Snow suggested that the seven open investigator positions be filled in 60 days, but he wasn't sure how they'd be willing to time, timely initiate these hires. Right. He referred to recommendations by plaintiff's counsel that the court create an incentive via weekly fine after 60 days expire. The fine is the, necessary, the amount necessary to recruit, hire, train, and compensate a full-time investigator for one year. For every week that they're, that they haven't hired somebody, they're going to get fined. A full year's worth is this a, is this the soros mm-hmm. sheriff it might be i don't know but and certainly if you start accruing enough in that fund i imagine that you shall have the people that, that are willing to do the job okay so that's that's what the the judge is suggesting the sheriff's office objected right. to the requirements to fill the investigator positions within two months claiming it has specific standards to meet in hiring of course it does Okay. "Quote: right. I'm going to require that you move quickly," the judge says. "If you have to do that by virtue of a court order, it will be by a court order. I don't like to assume responsibility mm. for your budget, and that's after only, and it's only after six years that I'm willing to do that." And the judge did not say whether he would issue this, the court order. And uh, again, that's that's from Eight. Courthouse News and um, ACAB. ACAB. at their stuff. Fucking ACAB, man. All right. That is wow. 117 case backlog. Come on. Mhm. What remind me is the of the uh
1: 409 counts of torture by a group of investigators and sheriffs uh at the, you know, Chicago PD. Right? 409. I like when I read that number I was like Jesus. You know, so of tortured confessions that they were then convicted. Who are these people?
0: I have no idea, exactly. but they're definitely getting off because they're dirty fucking cops. All right. I can tell you yeah. that for sure. Um, anyway, so we've got a couple more stores. Nobody wants to do their job. Exactly. Well, the thing is, is that they don't want to, the people that they're trying to bring in to investigate this, think about it. They're going to investigate the dirty cops. And then the cops are going to go to their house and arrest them or fuck with them and their families, and they don't want to risk that, so they go easy and they act, oh, uh, I guess I don't really see very much, and again, they're running out the clock on this stuff because it's easier to do that than to actually give people justice, which is gross, I agree, Um, but it's why these guys all are doing what they're doing, so hmm Oh man. Anyway. All right. We got a couple more stories, and again, not not exactly the greatest, but over at D Smog, and this was shared over in um I think it was Popular Resistance or Common Dreams, one of those. But uh it has no, no, it's Nation of Change, but they have a lot of green in their stuff, and against the green screen it doesn't work out. I figured I'd go to the original anyway. Nick Cunningham. We've actually covered several Nick Cunningham D smog blogs over the last year. They are a kick ass. These Smog Blogs, they are a pretty they're good environmental... Times. Yes, say that five times. That was fun to say five times fast. Um, they're a really good mm-hmm. environmental outlet. This was published about a week ago, about a week and a half ago or so. And I did not see anybody talking to about this. And this is kind of an important story, I would say, that um, children living close to fracking sites have two to three times higher risk of leukemia. What? Are okay. you... Oh, oh yep. where's where, where's the soundboard, dude? Like, come on. Uh,
1: I have it. I,
0: not, I don't. I'm not hearing it. Okay. What?
1: Like, I'm. I I can read your
0: mind. you should be reading my mind at all times. What's going on with that man? Let's go. So, I mean, a new study sorry. adds adds to a growing body of evidence that fracking represents a public health crisis. Of course, experts say, and this is one of the fracking sites that they're talking about. And you can see that that big that big hydraulic drill in the middle of the the pad, and that's going in and getting natural gas. So, children living close to fracking sites in Pennsylvania are two to three times more likely to be diagnosed with leukemia and contamination of drinking water is suspected as an avenue of exposure, according to a new study. I'm sure our friend Aaron Brockovich would have a lot to say about that. Yep. Quote, unconventional gas, oil and gas development, and that's called fracking, In both use and release chemicals that have been linked to cancer, so the potential for children living near UOG to be exposed to these chemical carcinogens is a major public health concern, the study's senior author, Nicole Daziel, associate professor of epidemiology at the Yale School of Public Health, said in a statement. That's kind of important, right? Unconventional oil and gas development, more commonly referred to as fracking, (coughs) Fracking. exploded over the past two decades. Wait, wait,
1: wait. Unconventional. Yeah, okay. Go
0: ahead. UOG development. Very, very corporate. Very non-discriminate. Yes. Very, very homogenized yeah. version of Dolphin the
1: term. Fr- Dolphin free.
0: Right? Like. It exploded over the past two decades with a particularly frenzied period of drilling in Pennsylvania in the early 2010s. Fracking results in a range of toxic chemicals and pollutants being discharged into the air and waterways, including heavy metals, radioactive material, particulate matter, matter, and volatile organic compounds. For example, benzene, a known carcinogen, is routinely emitted into air and water during the drilling and fracking process. Not good. Yep. All right. Published on August 17th in the journal Environmental Health Perspectives, study looked at almost 2,500 children in Pennsylvania, including 405 who've been diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia, a type of blood cancer. The researchers compared children two to seven years old, living within close proximity of fracking sites since birth against others living further away while controlling for a variety of confounding factors, including other environmental exposures. hmm Quote, our results indicate that exposure to UOG may be an important risk factor for acute lymphoblastic leukemia, particularly for children exposed in u- utero. Cassandra Clark, one of the study's authors and a postdoctoral associate at Yale center, Cancer Center, told the Smug in an email. Hmm. The researchers looked at oil and gas wells in Pennsylvania that fell within the same watershed as the children in the study, and used an exposure metric that takes into account the topography, hydrology, and proximity to gas wells. They found that children living within two kilometers or roughly 1.2 miles of a drill site were two to three times more likely to develop acute lymphoblastic leukemia, the most common form of childhood cancer. The results suggest drinking water may be impacted by fracking operations nearby. Other other studies have shown that oil and gas drilling uses or emits 55 chemicals that are known or probable human carcinogens. This new study adds more evidence that not only does proximity to fracking contribute to heightened risk of childhood leukemia, but that also that water contamination could be one of the sources. Again, I don't think that that's really much of a surprise to many of us. Nope. The study adds to the enormous body of research that shows negative health impacts for people living close to oil and gas operations. smog is reported on some earlier findings, including the health risks of people living in close proximity to flaring and the increased risk for pregnant women who live close to drilling development, developing gestational hypertension and eclampsia. Wow. <laughs> But it's a again. again. it's it's some kind of a blood thing that a lot of pregnant women end up experiencing. Um yeah, but there is a dearth of research uh on the links within w- with childhood cancer, and the Yale study adds stronger evidence on the dangers for children living close to fracking operations. While there have been around fifty epidemiologic uh, epidemiologic studies of UOGs, exposure, and a variety of health outcomes to date. Only two studies focused on childhood cancer. This is the largest study of fracking and childhood cancer to date, and the first to incorporate an exposure metric that focuses on the drinking water pathway. Wow. Okay. Right? This new study connects a lot of dots. A biologist and co-founder of the Concerned Health Professionals in New York, who was not involved in the study, told D. Smog. Uh, As such, this study is a kind of terrifying voila. <laughs> Great. A- adding that the methodology of the study is really robust. Great. So hard to debunk. And for years, the Concerned Health Professionals in New York has compiled and published a compendium of scientific and medical findings of the human health impacts from fracking. The Stein noted that, The latest study also builds on other research demonstrating the harms of fracking in Pennsylvania. One study linked higher numbers of gas wells with higher rates of pediatric asthma hospitalizations. I think you have to mute Discord. I think that's what it is. Another found benzene in the bodies of people living near fracking. A third found links between fracking and the risk of heart attack. Quote, my God. These findings from this case, uh, for these case control study, uh, both corroborate and extend a rapidly growing body of evidence. Now documented in more than 100 studies showing that fracking is a public health crisis, Steingraber said. All together, these stories, new and old, show us that fracking in Pennsylvania is not safe for Pennsylvanians, even those living a mile or more away. In fact, it's a moral obscenity. Southwest Pennsylvania has also seen a cluster of Ewing's sarcoma in teens, a rare form of bone cancer, and many residents suspect fracking as the culprit. The state's approved millions of dollars in funding to study the possible links. Yeah, don't stop the fracking. Just study it. Fracking, yeah. Don't stop the fucking fracking. Just let them keep getting cancer and studying it. Fucking monsters. Mm Mm-hmm. One consistent takeaway from so many health studies related to fracking is that proximity is key. In many states, there are no federal setback requirements, and drillers are allowed to encroach on local populations, setting up rigs within a few hundred feet of homes and businesses. Quote, the allowable setback in Pennsylvania, where our study was conducted, is 500 feet. Our findings of increased risk of acute lymphoblastic leukemia at distances of two kilometers, which is about, <laughs> oh, only about what, 10 times and 12 times that? 13 yeah. times that or more from drilling operations in mm-hmm. conjunction with evidence from numerous other studies suggest that existing setback distances are insufficiently protective of children's health. I don't think that's much of a surprise to too many people. They're killing us in every way, shape, and form. And we got to know about this. I mean... As a parent of young children, this is... we horri- Yeah, horrific. Thank you, Misty. Shout out to Misty and hoping everything's going okay with your cat, too. Everybody just seems yeah. to be going through some shit right now. It's a complete mess, I got to tell you. Yes. Mm-hmm. As as Crabb says, trust the science.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, goddamn, man.
1: Praise the
0: science. Right. Um. So. Yep. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Fracking. Fracking. Frack the fracking. Let me tell you. Uh. Is Soros the sheriff? I don't think Soros. This is a Soros own sheriff. I don't know, but he's a Democrat, and usually Democrats in Arizona get some kind of funding from some kind of foundation for sure. Um. Yeah. Arpaio is a horrible human being for sure. Reef versus Indy cage match. Oh boy. Yeah, I don't think I want that. Reef would fucking have me yeah. in a in a submission hold in about three seconds, and I would not nah, enjoy dude, don't that. dude, I'll make
1: you get five rounds, bro.
0: Yeah, I'm not. And we're I'm, getting our cardio on. So. I'm 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 tapping on that shit. <laughs> right. I'll tap right now. I'm 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 out. All right? Yeah. No one wants mentions the horses born in Oklahoma without the ability to swallow because of fracking. Oh my god. Oh Kelly. Uh, Taro would be amazingly upset about that. And human love, yeah, yeah, setback of fracking should be at least a quarter mile from the nearest occupied building, right? But even still, they're showing that it's that it should be at least a mile, uh, or more, yeah. All right, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania has poor water and soil, absolutely. Okay, again, let me let me put some of this up. All right, Shelly, yep, has also heard some of the things about Homestead, and yep, Halliburton is doing fracking, Karen, for sure. And uh, yeah, human love. Most surface water is polluted from increased fracking activity. Frack water equals road ice removal. Yep, yep, similar type of stuff. Um, Yeah, Shelly. I knew some people were heavily involved in the anti-fracking movement in central New York and northern Pennsylvania. It's a really long fight, and they did get the fracking moratorium. But there, there they were. There were still a lot, a lot of fracking sites that were grandfathered in because they were older technology than in the newer hydro fracking. Thank you, Shelley. Again, I'm reading that off for all the podcast folks because actually we do have a. pod. Oh, in fact, some of them, as she's saying, were in a band that made some music videos. Oh, that's kind of badass. Um, and again, we do have a podcast. So, anchor.fm slash independent left news, all that one word or you could just search Spotify or whatever for how did we miss that or leftist.today or independent left news. And it even works with, Hey Alexa, search leftist.today podcast. And I hope I just set somebody off on somebody's phone. That'd be really funny if I did. Anyway, uh, we've got one more story tonight. And uh, again, thank you so much to the big man crab for our awesome thumbnail. And we're going to talk a little bit about Amazon and one medical and monopolies and Holy crap. (laughs) Another Nightmare fuel. Sorry, everybody, and we can get some brain brain cleanse later. But the ridiculous Amazon One Medical deal, and Amazon bought One Medical, and then immediately closed its own provider subsidiary. Wait, what? And this is by you know Matt what? Stoller. Yeah. What? Wait. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Um, unbelievable. So they
1: did, they did what now? Yeah. Like Am- break that down again.
0: Yes. Here you go it says it right there. They bought they bought one medical, but then immediately closed its right. own provider subsidiary. And why? And we're gonna explain so like why.
1: The, they bought their they bought all of their insurance, essentially, with buying one medical and then took away. No,
0: worse. Here you go. Oh, for you're, you're about to see. It's worse.
1: Okay. Oh, it's worse. Okay.
0: They're buying doctors though. Okay. Amazon okay. is on a buying spree, which is not a surprise. Now, this is Matt Stoller again. I like Matt Stoller with with a lot of his um Monopoly reporting, and uh, so he's on a buying spree, which not a surprise considering the history of the firm. Of late, it's purchased a robot vacuum cleaner, Roomba, right? And and Doctor. This is terrifying. And Doctor. Clinic, yeah, because now they have mapping of everybody's house that has a Roomba. Thank you very much.
1: Homes, yes.
0: Yes, and Doctor. All we are gonna do is duct tape a steak knife to it, and mm-hmm. it's, <laughs> we're all doomed. Sorry if I just like, yeah, like... peeked you out again, but. Uh, now, they're also in the bidding for Signify Health, which is a home health care provider. So they're literally going to end-to-end support your whole value chain. And they'll know from your va- – they'll literally be able to deliver the shot through your vacuum cleaner through One Medical, right? As one would expect, yeah. these deals are likely to result in a more concentrated marketplace. And we can see that happening already just a few weeks after buying One Medical. Like we said, Amazon shut down its rival offering, Amazon Care. Hmm. <laughs> um, and which as –
1: sounds- never get Amazon care.
0: No. And that as Eric T red says, dystopian. Hey Alexa, what is a monopoly? <laughs> yes. So as one would expect, these deals are like I said, uh, these deals are likely to expect in a more. Uh, okay. Analyst said Amazon cares. Closure, which will come at the end of the year should not be seen as a retreat in its efforts to gain a foothold in the $4 trillion U S healthcare sector. This isn't a sign of failure by any means, said Natalie Schibble at Forrester Research. It's a strategic move. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Amazon's own decision came after its recent agreement to acquire One Medical, a large network of primary care providers, for $3.9 billion, its largest deal in the healthcare space. The takeover, if approved by regulators ready for this, would provide Amazon with much of the access to corporate employees it had been seeking with Amazon Care, said Christina Farr health tech investor at Omer's mm-hmm. Investor Ventures, making the in-house platform redundant. So, okay, obsolescence because they 3. bought a better company. Billion. Well, no, they they basically yeah. created Amazon Care to go after Google, but instead they just bought the company that had Google instead. Companies such as Google offer One Medical to employees. Quote, One Medical already has, seen, already has all these contracts and does telemedicine. It made sense for Amazon to acquire an existing network. Physician recruitment is really hard. Building insurance contracts is really hard. Building employer relationships is really hard. All these things take a long time, and yeah, One Medical okay. was available for purchase. Of course it was, mm-hmm. because okay. Jeff's got unlimited money, or well, Amazon in this case. Both yeah. Amazon Care and One Medical signed deals with employers to provide health care to employees, so their mm-hmm. competitors, while neither Amazon Care nor One Medical has a particularly large market share. It's clear that Amazon is foregoing internal investment in the hopes that it can buy its way into the health space. If the FTC blocks Amazon from buying one medical, Amazon will simply just build out its own doctor network, which would force it to compete to hire doctors. Uh, Hire doctors, of course. So they're going to put doctors in their own network. Yeah, right. This deal, in other words, is just about pulling a competitor out of the market and enabling Amazon to avoid having to invest in building its own services. That's why this merger should be blocked, since it's clearly reducing overall output in the market. It's also astonishing that Amazon, while under investigation around the world by Congress and by the FTC, is entirely unchastened by any public scrutiny. Hmm, why do you think this is? But then, these guys won't believe anything that will happen to them until something happens to them. Because, nothing happens to them. Nothing ever happens to them. Come on, bro. Come on, Matt. You're like, you're like almost there. You're almost there. All right. So that's the stories that I had for this week. Um, Yeah. Okay. Amazon's going to own your healthcare data. They're going to own your doctors. They're going to own your medical insurance and they're going to price everybody else out of the market. In the end, they're going to outspend, outspend, outspend and do it on the profits that they make on everything else. And then in the end, they'll own all of it, and then they'll undercut everybody and turn us all into indentured servants. That's their plan, folks. That's their plan. Okay, so October 8th, anybody who can possibly be in front of the Justice Department with a sign, with a megaphone, within anything, Misty will be there. I'm guessing Max Blumenthal is going to be there. I'm guessing a lot of other people are going to be there as well. Uh, and they will be joining in solidarity the human chain that will be forming around British Parliament, uh, around of course freeing this man Julian Assange. And ah, play Red Rover again. Shout out to the guy who who's in this chat who made this flyer. His name is Big Mad Crab, and we want to free Julian the biggest, Assange now. Maddest Crab. And Chris Smalls. Well, whatever. Yeah, we know about Chris Smalls. Anyway. Um, yep. Free Julian Assange. Free Julian Assange. Sweet by old. all means, free Julian Assange.
1: Again, these are all of our links. Free who? Julian Assange, you say?
0: Free that man, Julian Assange. Um, Jail the war criminals. Yep. Free that man. We got a bunch of different websites you can go to to find all of our stuff. I do have to make a little bit of a pitch and a plea. It is the end of uh, my my segment before we go into boats, and hopefully it will blast out your ears to hear Jimmy talk about boats smashing into other boats, maybe. But we do have a few different ways to get to the main website, where this is actually streaming live because we do self-host because screw all these platforms. IndieLeft.News, IndependentLeft.News, IndieLeft.com. Then we have our Substack, and you can get there at LeftistToday.com and Leftist.Today. Both of those work. Okay, all of our links can be found at the link tree independentleft.media. And you can see that's the address that's over my, my little bunk, father chicken at the top, rooster.
1: And then, uh, and if you want to find the links to anyone else at the network, uh, Indie News Network. I was that getting there. Link right there with that dot in the middle, Indie News Network. You can find all the links to all the INN members. And you know, everyone's hurting right now. So drop some drop some coins in their their hats, please. Would be nice. Um,
0: Karen, unfortunately, know. our our observations are leaning towards probably, um, and we do feel that there is something going on there that's of question. I wouldn't necessarily say corrupt, but a little bit. We got, we, little, got some, we got some we got some questions about what's going on. You know, a a major labor union leader was fired, and he hasn't even tweeted about it, and that's and he's been direct messaged about it by several people. Why hasn't even we should make. Mentioned, I don't know. we can um, make
1: a small playlist from INN News, yeah. So, um,
0: um the Jesse put out a piece called The Co-op, you might want to listen to also. Um, watch out for an upcoming INN Substack on the topic. I'm leading a little bit and giving a little bit of a preview here to everybody, but um, yeah, we're working on something, unfortunately. Yep. Don't want to have to do that, but unfortunately we're seeing something and I don't see anybody else really talking about it. And we're going to assemble something that I think people are going to be really surprised by and maybe some not so surprised by but put it all together in one, in one little gift gift wrap thing. and Let everybody take a look at that, put a bow on it and see what they think. So, Uh, again, happy anniversary, everybody. Holy crap. We made it through. Mm -hmm. All right. So I also, before we go to boats, uh, I did have one other thing that I wanted to do here and reef didn't even know I was going to do this, but if I bring up on here, box.com. Okay. And let me open this up. Many of you were not around early on during How Do We Miss That? And it's a pain in the ass to go back through YouTube channels and stuff. So I thought I'd go back a little bit and show what some of the early thumbnails and some of the early things that we covered were. No, I'm not geeking out. Not too much. No. Nope. Okay. Not too much.
1: I just feel like Dad was pulling out the photo album, you know?
0: A little bit. A like... little bit. A little bit. So we have that one. We got to show all the Uh, naked baby pictures. Yep. Yep. We're going to show all the naked baby pictures. And I thought that there was a way to do this and do like a whole slideshow. And I'm pretty sure there is. But like literally that we have a thumbnail for each episode. And early on we were doing them squares just for the podcast. So we had that, that bad boy and all the different colors and logo styles that we've gone through over the past year. This was our October version of the thumbnail. And again, we've got a whole bunch of different ones. Ah, see, here we go. But now, now it's working way. the other way. What?
1: i see none of this because you shared an application in Discord.
0: Nice, okay, perfect. So I don't want you seeing it. Yeah. Uh-huh. okay, okay. let's uh, share my screen and change windows so that you can see this. There you go. So oh, these are sorry. some of our older thumbnails from episode seven. And eight. Again, we were covering Caitlin Johnstone and Mondo Weiss, and you see a lot of the familiar names in there. Okay. Uh, yes, we're going through the photo album. We're we're being dad zone, and for a little while we were just putting the name of the show big, but we were like, we kind of we we've evolved and we've learned and we've done different things over time. And these were all the December thumbnails, and they all look the same. Kind of got lazy. <clears throat> for a couple of months yeah. and then we started putting more into it and that's when we got our friend crab started to help out actually indy was still doing the uh the thumbnails back here even again into february when we were that was our 25th show and we're coming up on show number 50 in a couple of weeks and then we got crab started to do our thumbnails so that was one of the first thumbnails that crab did where he had the exploding uh leprechaun love that one Okay, so this is about the 20 or 21st episode that Crab's that th- that been working on stuff. And I love that one. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite Crab crab thumbnails. And we've got Bezos crying in the slap. Oh, Who can forget the slap? And you got Will Smith slapping Biden. Some really funny ones out there. Okay, and then we got Durden popped in on the show that week. And we got the baby formula. We all love the, the baby formula story. That was great. No, not, not so great. We've got plastics and the baby formula and big shortage. And we still have a shortage going on. I don't know why that mixed in. And then we've got, this was this was our, our first clip show that we did. And Crab grabbed a couple yeah. of different things from all these different shows. So cool. Again, really appreciate all the work that he's done. And I love showcasing that. And then, again, got lazy again. Crab, Crab got busy. I, I was working on a couple things, stitched together some of his stuff. We got Joe in there, featured, and love Joe. Shout out to Joe. Go go follow at STFUShitLib. <laughs> and then the uh, the last seven or eight different uh, thumbnails, Robbie Yeager joined us. Oh, that is
1: Robbie Yeager.
0: It's a Yeager bomb. What up, Robbie? All right, and then we've got the, the current style of thumbnails, which we've been doing for about four or five weeks now, where you've got the different stuff in the corners. And again, we just appreciate everybody kind of hanging out and being part of all this. And, uh, hopefully there'll be a lot more thumbnails, a lot more weeks and a lot more shows going forward. Cause I do, I do actually enjoy this. And I think we do cover some things that few few others, if, if none others really cover like that sheriff story, I didn't see anybody talking about the sheriff's backlog, at least not, not in like the, the real lefty, the, the real lefty space, whatever, whatever space we call ourselves in the, the people that are featured in independent left news and leftist today, the 150 outlets and 120 or so streamers that, that make up the universe that, that really challenges these narratives. And I so appreciate all of them really. Um, uh, and, and we're going to be honoring them in a, in, in a special way coming up real soon. We're going to have some announcements about that, but it is exactly 10:59. Look at that. Awesome. So um, this week we've got some special TAR read shows on INN and on Tara's channel uh, where she's going to announce her guest tomorrow for tomorrow night's stream, which I believe will be at 10 PM Eastern, 7 PM Pacific Tuesday night. I can announce, and I think she's already announced maybe who, who her guest is there. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. We got, we got some pasta coming in the house and, and I'm actually going to engineer that stream. I think I'm excited to do that. That's the friend Tony Man? Friend of the show. Basta Jadula. <laughs> and then and then Thursday, we've got with Thursday, Thursday, we've got fee. Um she's got fee in at a special time in the afternoon. So um Wednesday, Reese's gonna have IN news. Tuesday night, they work on that. Yep. So they'll have that all curated. And uh Colin and I at some point are gonna have to squeeze in a an interview with Matt Luttrell, the fired Amazon Kentucky organizer, uh labor union member who was fired a week and a half ago or so. We did do a, a nice hour and 20 minute sit down and then I messed up and lost half most of the audio and didn't turn it on. Thank you so much Indy. Yeah, that was good. Uh, so we're going to redo that. Uh, I do have some notes and some places to go and some updates to that story. But if you can drop uh, Matt and I think we did a story last sunday about matt and amazon labor union and alu kentucky if you can drop him any any bucks uh, in solidarity that would really be helpful he is uh appealing with with um amazon to try to get back in but right now he's he's looking um i got i got an email a message from him earlier tonight actually so shout out to matt love you appreciate you thank you for sharing and uh, and we're, we're hoping you get your job back he said he got a letter from unemployment saying that he should qualify as long as his criteria is met, without saying that what the criteria, of course, is. And he do and he does get to appeal his termination tomorrow. So again, fingers crossed for Matt out there. Um, so again, uh, it has been a year. A year ago, yep. um, this guy put together a spectralizer on a bird icon that I had set up. And we figured out a way to go to go live. Uh, I had done a couple live streams. I actually did a live stream on January sixth. It funny enough, um, and and but it was just from a like a a blank avatar. Um, at least this you could see something. And I started to do some guests on a couple shows. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then we decided to hey, let's let's actually like do a couple new shows. Do do a couple new stories. And then after the first week we were like well we need to do a little bit like brain cleanse because your news stories are like fucking nightmare fuel i'm like yeah you're kind of right so that that's how boats yeah. and then and then of course jimmy was on joe rogan and he talked about how um one of the things that he did when he wasn't doing comedy and streaming like his, his brain cleanse was to watch youtube and well, mindless, mindless shit mindless shit like boats yeah. smashing into other boats and that was kind of how this all kind of developed into the second half of how do we miss that and um and again we have seen the evolution and the launch of INN during during our our one year and thank you eric we're you're yeah. fun to hang out with too appreciate you and go go follow eric t red's channel he's badass love him uh he also works with savvy Sabs, so you can see him on savvy sabs uh, he engineers and helps her out in the background, which uh, we love. Sabi also shout out to Sabi; she's been one of our biggest supporters and and great friend of the show and friend of Indie Left. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, you know we've covered a lot of Assange stories, we've covered a lot of environmental stories, we've covered a lot of labor stories. Um, very proud of the work that we're doing with this. Um, again, think that we're we're taking an angle and covering some things that people don't. Um, it's it it it's a lot of fun doing this. Um, plus I get to learn about how, how to stream to all the different platforms and clipping and editing and audio and all the different things that this opens it up to guests and, and writers who we've covered, I mean, and, and outlets. And again, I don't, I don't think it's really much of a surprise, but if I look at the outlets that, that are the most popular that we've covered the most, it would be co- common dreams for sure would be number one. And then we've got Truthout, and early on we covered a lot of World Socialist website, we haven't done that nearly as much lately, I'm not too crazy about their their coverage, but, you know, we've got Popular Resistance has had two dozen stories covered, and Unicorn Riots had about a dozen, and even the INN, you know, since since INN launched, we've covered, you know, a, a, a dozen or so INN stories. Um that, that have been original yep. pieces written. And one of the things we had talked about um when when we when we launched IN was we wanted to find more Substack writers so that we could feature them on shows. So it would be kind of like a, a, an ecosystem where we've got the writers to create content and then the shows that would actually amplify and cover it. Um it's it's been it's been a lot of fun. And I am excited for year two. Uh, I think that there's mm-hmm. some other good things coming. Uh we're gonna have some more guests. Uh, we do have that third box open and the ability to uh, to have a third person. My guess is that at some point in the next year, monetization will be coming. We we have hit uh, the 1,000-subscriber threshold on YouTube. Um, we're about 800 watch hours shy, which I'm guessing we're going to hit. We're about 3,200 in already. And then you'll be able to drop some super chats and, and hook us up there if I decide to turn on monetization. Oh, man, Adam Ayers, thank you so much. Hey, uh, Ayers. Threw, threw us a $10 chat uh, tip on Rockfin. Thank you. And again, we are live on Rockfin. I uh, love you too. Tara Reads on over on Rockfin too. Um, and uh, again, you can tip us over on Rockfin, rockfin.com slash news and, and also rockfin.com slash inn for Indie News Network. Again, we, we love hanging out with all of you. Um, I would do this for nobody. And, and we we started out doing this for nobody. Um, also shout out to Warren. Um, he's not here tonight, but we did hear Kitty. Um... (gasps) So Warren is with us, and and Warren originally started doing our clips, uh, until he started doing more shows of Extra Booyah and started doing his own clips, and, um, love love you to death. Can't wait till you're back soon, and, uh, and we miss you like crazy, dude, and, uh, and everybody's been, been been feeling it, so... Uh, for re, for indie, uh, I, I'm I'm gonna say, um, like I always do, to question everyone's motivations. And good night, everybody. Thank You've you.
1: Listening to what little birdies had to tell you. Good night, fam. I think I liked it better being blind, when I couldn't read between the lines, and when I couldn't see the cracks in the structure that lay bare before me the whole time. I think I liked it better back when I suspended disbelief and swallowed pride. I thought I knew the difference in the red from the blue, but they both bleed us so
0: dry. They both bleed us so dry. My favorite songs don't hit the same way. I get to the end of a four minute track, and I'm only looking back thinking, what did they actually say? So I try to. If you like this podcast, please help our show grow by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. For more content, you can follow Independent Left News on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at indleftnews and subscribe to our YouTube channel. To get news updates twice a day to your inbox, subscribe via email on the independentleft.news website. Join our Jetstream 24-7 News and Opinion Discord at independentleft.gg with more than 50 channels, each dedicated to a different outlet, journalist, YouTuber, or political comedian. Thanks, everyone. Remember to check out independentleft.news in your browser and subscribe to our podcast for news updates.